in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. Merry fucking Christmas, Liz. <laughs> I've lost my voice. My stupid asthma medication has get once this, again given me oral thrush. Get the spirit of Jesus up ya. <laughs> Woo! He was only a child. You really can't talk about it in those no, times. No, no, no one said baby Jesus. There's a difference between baby Jesus and then the hot Jesus. It's his birthday, so that means he's getting anal. <laughs> If you believe Mary, isn't that how it happens? Oh, I think that's how it happened. It's a miracle! Still a virgin. <laughs> Technically. Eating, it ain't cheating. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I'm out of the wheel. Merry Christmas. That is like the worst like gift from God ever. Like if you're not actively trying to, you know, yeah. bear fruit, Jesus just shows up, a bird flaps at you. <sighs> Bam, you're pregnant. What the Besides developing like a fear of birds, because that's all you get from that. How do you not see a bird flapping and you're like, no, I can't afford three mouths to feed. What's, no more. What's worse, being impregnated by a giant ghost spirit or Australian magpies? Being impregnated by one? Yeah. Well, isn't that what you're Is talking about? Is that a thing? About? Isn't that what you're talking about? Like the bird spirit turned up and flapped its wings and suddenly she was pregnant? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Still got to impregnate you somehow. No, it just, oh, spirit of just, oh. It's not a fucking Eurovision contest. Things happen. No, that's exactly how it happened. The bird went flat, flat, and her uterus just went responsive. You listened in Sunday school, didn't you? (laughs) No, no biology here. Are you you trying to tell me your Sunday school told you that Mary was vaginally penetrated no. by a giant bird? Is no. that what you believe? I'm, I'm saying it more magically did it rather than... I'm saying she got humped. magically put a dick in it? How, do, how does a Ask bird senior members of the Liberal Party, I don't know. <laughs> how did the bird magically put its dick in her? Like, I, I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it magically impregnated her. Like, now you're pregnant like fucking David that's, Blaine. That's just what I said. But, 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 yeah, you do <laughs> flappy wings like it's a rocker Stedford. I'm just saying it's more like... Mm, done <laughs> just the crow yeah it's more like that for people who aren't watching Jizz this bay. on cheers <laughs> bay oh jesus christ oh drippy a little more drippy than you would uh, oh from oh, a distance oh oh like spider-man and you're like this costs three thousand dollars oh my god what was that what was that meme <laughs> cheers bay they were they were uh, alluding to the fact that, like Spider-Man, like that wasn't that wasn't like web like coming out of him. Yeah, like it was spaff. Yeah, yeah, just backed it all. Well, up. that was actually a Greg Fleet joke from many years ago that he got he put his underpants on. I've been hanging out of the line too long, and he got bitten on the balls. <laughs> He's like, "Well, now I can spaff a web, but I've got to get excited." Ah, it's like, oh, yeah, Fleety. Mm. What well, the the other thing is like you got to think about like what was her name, Mary Jane? Yeah. Well. I'm just saying, if Spider-Man is cream pie like, 
Does that mean your vagina, your pussy? Do you become pussy man spider? Like, can you do things with your vagina? I think you're more like that woman in Canberra who got a government grant to knit with wool she had up her cooch. Yeah. I think you're more I, like that. I feel like, I don't know, it should be able to, like... That'd be a fucking hell of a crime fighter. <laughs> just I'm like, oh my God, somebody stop him. Hang on, just give me a minute. Hang on, let me just wrestle that. You'd have all these incels like, she can't fucking catch me. And then when they get caught, they're like, oh, do I smell the web? Oh. <laughs> For people who are only listening at home and not watching YouTube, this sound is the festive antlers I'm wearing from China. Because it's Christmas. I thought you were going to say that's not a metaphor. For people who are yes, but where are you wearing the antlers and the balls? Oh, What's fucking, jingling for my the people? Head. It's on my head. head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's not fucking musical anal beads or anything. Well, they're at home. They don't know. Well, it could be anywhere. We're clearing it up for people. It's like, oh, <laughs> listen to me clap. You know, <laughs> they can't see. They don't know where that clap's coming from. Hang on, let me clap. <sighs> Did you just turn a sexually transmitted infection into a verb? <sighs> Clapping very hard. Yeah. Lou, we need to debt all the seats. <laughs> Stop <sighs> doing that to my seats. What? Oh, I can pick the seat up. I tell you, right I have that much strength. Right now, I'm imagining that scene in Aliens where they find the chest bursters in the tanks and they like boop up against the glass and you see it trying to get through the glass. That's what I'm imagining right now. Oh my God. That is literally my vagina That's at every my chair. Aquaman showing. <laughs> But it is Christmas and we've got you some little things because you, well, you're the reason this podcast happens. So yeah, fat, no, you, you are. You, you do all the work and I sit at home depressed and like, why aren't I doing stand-up without actually going to do any gigs? So, <laughs> that's, that's, just, that's, that's just you, man. That's, that's just you. Me. That's part of your charm. Well, you call it charm, I call <laughs> it chronic depression. We, we, well, we were going to wrap this one with something less. Oh, no, but now I look like an arsehole because I don't have your gifts. No, that's you're fine. Not, oh. That's absolutely fine. This, oh. is, this is our house. We used to we used to share a meal until we got sick of vegan food. So there you go, brain juice. Some oh my big one, too. Kentucky's finest. Well, oh my god, you didn't have to. No, we didn't. But there you go. So we got you, we got you a bottle of Jim Beam. Oh my god, I got my own <laughs> little baby for Christmas. That's how it happened. A bird turned up, handed over the bottle. So much better than a fucking carpenter. <laughs> I don't know a carpenter would bring those home every week because <laughs> they've got drinking problems. You just need to Photoshop a little baby Harrison we Ford. Do. Here's your other present. Oh, uh, you know what? Open it. Get out. Open it. This makes terrible podcasting, but trust me, people, these are going to be worth it. You'll need um, to jump onto our YouTube channel and find us. Thank you for the... Uh, for the spare wrapping paper that we had left over from my son. There's no Aquaman in Marvel, I'm sorry. But there you go. Excellent. Oh, my God. We got you skull slippers. <laughs> a little bit of Tim Burton. Oh, my God. There Excellent. You go. I'm going to put them on now. A little bit of Tim Burton. How See, are you going to fit my giant? We've got the cat lady. We've got the cat lady pack. We've got the slippers. We've got the comically <laughs> large bourbon. <laughs> Comic. Like, that's the fucking Boris Yeltsin Excellent. S- size. Like, Excellent. Excellent. Oh my god! Okay, I'm gonna have to put some effort into it. Uh, oh, did we get them too small? Uh, I, I, in my defence, I have giant man feet. Ah. Look, I might be hanging a little bit off. Oh, hang on, have I got them on the wrong? No, hang on. We can always get different ones. 
Yeah, we might need to go up a size. That's okay. We can figure that if out. If it's not going to be a trouble. No, no, of course not. We'll just whip the Chinese slave that made them. And no, I've just got Chinese. Yeah, you got small to medium. No. Go man feet. <laughs> the coup de gras. But thank you. I can make him fit with determination. Yeah, and some Chinese foot binding. Let's yeah. do it. There we go. We'll do my ego at the same time. And your final gift. You really must open it. Oh, my God. Really? Terrible podcast. Terrible podcast. You don't have to get me anything. No, it's called pity. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh my god. You definitely need to get onto the YouTube channel for this, people. Oh my god. Is it good? If it's a naked Momoa lap dance. It is a naked. We, yeah, we fit Jason Momoa into a shoebox. He's very flexible. He'd have to be cremated. Have you not seen him climbing up that mountain? No. Is that mountain you in your dreams? <laughs> oh my god. Is it another cat? You wish it was another cat. I wish it was another cat. Oh, my God. No, we figured we'd right one of the great wrongs of the year. Oh, my God. I'm so afraid. What is it? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes! (laughs) It is a Captain Morgan hat. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't know whether to wear it or shit in it. Don't shit in it. They're actually quite hard to find. But we found it. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Thank you for service. Turd free. Look at it. Oh, my God. Crispy fresh. You know, someone in the tip probably just scooped mine out. Probably. Took the plastic lining out and resold it. Oh, my God. Where did you find one? On the internet. And now I know why you've done it because they, like they look a lot like a bedpan. They really do. They look like a fine pirate hat. It was just... And you can see why. Like, it's a very... That's a very accommodating... Yeah. If the joke is new to you, maybe check out our reels on Instagram. Uh, and what, about four episodes previous? Yes. About it was there. In my defence, all right, I did turn out to have a funny tummy a couple of days afterwards. Yes. So I feel like it wasn't just I can't control myself. <laughs> it was medical, all right? I can see why you did it. <laughs> now, now, like in court, like this is the gloves for OJ. I can see you why can you did it. I can see it. I can now see why you did it. Yeah. It's not a bucket. It sits close to the ground. You can hold it in your hand. You still maintain dexterity. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's a catcher's glove for your butt. It's also very soft. Do you know what I mean? It's very soft for your, you know, so if your butt cheeks touch it. Okay. You know, it's. It's ooh. not the cold porcelain of a public toilet. <laughs> Yeah, ooh. No, it's it's the gentle, you know, this is what a gentleman does. This is a gentleman's shit and hat. I think you'll find a gentleman's shits in a powdered wig. (laughs) Oh, my God, that's so 15th century. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's a Jacobean rough. (laughs) Wrap it up like you're at the dog park. Oh, my God, I can't believe you managed to find one. We did. Lou Lou tracked it down. She found it on eBay. You're both going to burn in hell. We expressed, you know. Well... You never know, that that might have come from the tip. Someone might have done one of those YouTube videos where they detail a car. <laughs> you just showed them, like, cleaning it off. Like, you won't believe what I found. I found a promotional rum hat at the Adelaide Tip full of human shit. Watch me pressure wash it and bring it back to life. They've done an excellent job. They I really have. I have to say, they have done an excellent, excellent they job. They really have. Oh, my God. Now I'm just going to have to find an occasion for me to go out and get all piratey again. Exactly. Not... 
and then not. Yeah. But I feel like we've reunited you with your spirit animal. I know. I feel so I feel so much better now. I like to like just occasionally just pretend to be a pirate in my yard, which is my <laughs> want to do. Yes. As an adult who pays her own damn bills. Exactly. So, no problems with that. Excellent. That's what America's founding fathers envisioned. (laughs) (laughs) Although I do kind of feel that the two of you are enabling me just a little bit. Oh, because we gave you a litre of bourbon and a hat to shit in. (laughs) Really? What could give you that idea? (laughs) When this goes wrong, and let's be honest, it will go wrong. Yeah. This is on you two. All right. Do you know how hard it is for a 11-year recovering alcoholic mm. to have a litre of bourbon sitting under the Christmas tree? Because it's so delicious. Not hard at all, because that shit is cat piss. Oh, if by cat piss you mean delicious. Best bourbon in the world. There, I said it. To our American listeners, and we do have quite a few, what's the bourbon of choice? What's a good one? Jim Beam. For, for, ne- for next, say, say next Christmas we were going to reach out and, and give Liz something a little bit special. Beyond Jim Beam. Beyond Jim Beam. Because, okay. A Jim Beam pack where it comes with a couple of Jim Beam glasses. Is that what you're thinking? That's, that's called a yeah. tent and you live in it by the river. <sighs> Judge me, cost of living crisis. Well, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm trying some fan engagement here, you fuckstick. Jesus. Fine, fucking! I'll pour myself another drink. Shut up. Yeah, just do it. I'll just, I'll just continue trying to hack the algorithm by asking the four people that listen to us in Tennessee, what's a good bourbon to buy you for Christmas? Jimmy, fuck off. I'm just saying. I'm sick of all these people trying to be all like, oh, hooting for looting. It's got to be fancy, and somebody has to have pissed in a bucket 1,800 years ago. No, I've just mmm, good old fashioned sugary. Jim Beam bourbon. I've got a 60-year-old Ford V8 sitting in my driveway. Mm. Uh, and I need to service the gearbox. I wouldn't use that to clean it. I wouldn't let you use that no, to clean it. No. You're such a hater. I am, yeah. You're such I'm, a hater. I am slightly jealous that I don't get to ha- ever have fun at all anymore. I'm having a cup of tea. <laughs> well, no, you can have fun. But just remember, you were like, once you start having fun, the problem is you don't stop having fun for the next 40 years. Yeah, that did kind of happen. Yeah. Until a woman actually asked to be moved on a plane because I smelled so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was coming back from a tour with my band, the Did Guantanamo be- Bay City Rollers. Oh, no. And this, were- wo- this woman just looked at me and she was just like, can I swap with one of your friends? And I was like, yep. We had not showered for a week. You were all spider man We were very, very spicy. Yeah. It was not good. Sydney's a very tropical city in the summer, and when you're living in a backpackers hostel with fucking 14 other guys in punk bands... Don't try to justify it. Sorry. Women are in those so same circumstances, and we manage to not live in our own filth. You shat in a hat. You do not speak for all women. You shit in one pirate hat. Medically, medically, all right? That was a medical situation. I had a tummy. It was definitely food poisoning. Your Honour. <laughs> it's not because I'm a dirty bitch. It was medical. How dare you make fun of me with my medical condition that made me shit in a hat. Well, your Make-A-Wish Foundation wish has been used because <laughs> we've reunited you with your hero. Hero of the day. Oh, my God. Seriously. Yeah. I'm going to post a picture of this hat on, like, World Hero Day. There you go. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Enjoy it. I think. (laughs) 
Oh my god. But no, come on, this is the kind of hat you want to take to the apocalypse. I am a pirate. Yeah. You know, multi- multi-tool, as we found out. It is, yeah. doesn't offer much sun protection, though. Oh, it is. You just, you just turn it according to the position of the sun. Oh. Like a sundial. <laughs> You're such a hater. You know what? What? That's so weird. Good. Speaking about the end of the world. Yeah. Would you believe that totally brings us to the topic of this week? That's fantastic. And you know why it brings us to the topic of this week? Why is that? Because I've been trying to make this the topic of the week for ages. And you keep coming up with excuses of why we shouldn't do it as the topic of the week. And I've since come to realise that's because you don't want to watch it. You have no idea how lazy I am. So that's why I thought, fuck yeah, we're going to do the episode. Right. And then hopefully this is going to motivate you to be like, oh my God, I need to go and see that cinematic piece of history. I've seen it kind of once. You're about to out me on this podcast for having not watched possibly the most important horror film of all time. Mm -hmm. Go on. Besides Aliens. Which I've seen. Yeah. Many times. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying, if we're yeah. talking about... But this is the Citizen Kane of horror. Basically, yes. Basically, it comes after... Well, Nosferatu is the Citizen Kane of horror. But this, it's the fucking companion piece. Oh, my God. There is only one. George. Oh <laughs> okay, I have a question for you. My only pet peeve that I have. We're going old school. We're going zombie. Yes. Now, in the whole history of zombie cinema... From then to now. You were really shit. Why are people so dumb in zom- zombie movies? Like, it's clearly a zombie. Yeah. It's a zombie. Why do they need to sit around and cry? Like, ah, oh my God, please snap out of it, Johnny. Johnny's a zombie. He's clearly a zombie. We know what a zombie is. We all, culture knows what a zombie is. If the apocalypse happened, we'd all be like, fucking zombies. Like, would we? Yeah. I don't think we would. No, we would. You Like, if you saw shit like shambling zombies, I'm not talking like bottom jaw missing, walking dead mm. zombies that are clearly zombies. I'm saying if you saw fresh killed guy that looks like he's on the Adelaide zombie walk for Halloween, mm. shambling towards you, you'd go, ah, what are you doing, dickhead? Like, you know, you'd wait till somebody else took one of their heads off before you go, oh... That's a real fucking zombie. No, I'm 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 a hundred percent. I'm like take the head off just to be sure. Don't ever go to the football. That's why I always think like I really hope because like I love zombies so much. You see those shows where people are like we're gonna be practical jokes like ha huh, we'll pretend to be like Chucky or something and yeah. like jump out or I'm gonna jump out of like a factory and pretend to be like a zombie. Like I will legit like pick up anything that is near me and take your fucking head off. Like, it's going to be a very awkward episode of Fear Factor <sighs> when I just, like, head goes yeah. toppling over. <laughs> Fair enough. You know? So I'm just saying, don't try that shit with me because I'll just take your fucking head off. Okay. It's better to ask forgiveness <laughs> than ask permission. Yes. So I'm just saying, when in doubt, yeah. Okay. The other thing to remember is this is not just a Western phenomenon. Zombies have eaten the heart of countries all around the world from Africa to North Korea. Yeah. Now, zombies have appeared in dribs and drabs 
over cinema history. But in 1968, one film would cement zombies as the ultimate terror and stumble into our collective fears forever, ever, ever, ever. Get ready for the dawn of the zombie in Night of the Living Dead. I can't believe I haven't watched it. Because in small town America, no one can hear you scream. The 1960s had it all. Yeah. The world came the closest it ever had to nuclear annihilation. The threat of mutually assured nuclear holocaust was a living, breathing beast. People were being conscripted for a war seemingly no one wanted to fight. The civil rights movement was fighting for equality and justice. Communism was on the move and women were burning their bras in the streets. I'm a a fan. Go to your happy place. Go to your happy place. The hippies had tried for a love revolution, but every revolution always ends in war. And war is filled with the dead. As America marched towards the 70s, it was chased by the dead remains of traditions, monopolies, hopes, and justice. Okay. And as we know, the dead never stay buried. In this week's episode of... What do vegan zombies eat? What? Grains. Fuck. Fucking take the hat back. What does what do nerd zombies chase? I don't know. Trains. <laughs> what do zombie weightlifters chase? I don't know. Gains. Gains, bro. Fucking hell. The deadlift rise again. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Jesus. Let's go back. George A. Romero was working together with John A. Russo at Latent Image. They made a lot of industrial films. Okay. So, you know, training films for work sites. The Pittsburgh Company also made a short video for the Mr. Rogers TV show. Oh, cool. They actually, George A. Romero, produced the episode about getting a tonsillectomy for Mr. Rogers. There you go. But George and John had bigger ideas. The two wanted to make a proper feature film. And, of course, this is back in the days. It's not like it is today. Everyone gets their fancy, you know, camera you know, their phone and go out. This is the old days. Everything was filmed. Cost an arm film. and a leg. Yeah. yeah. The two had quite different ideas on how to chase their future film idea from the start. John Russo wanted to make a horror comedy. His initial idea was a film about, see if you'd put your money into this. Okay. Right? I come up, hey, John, let's make a movie, man. He wanted to make a film about aliens who came to Earth and pretended to be hot-rodding teenagers who were actually there to just hook up with hot humans and prank the, basically the rest of humanity, or the Uggs, with their friendly pet called The Mess. That sounds fucking amazing! It's fucking Animal House. Yeah! <laughs> with UFOs. Yeah. 
But the reality was this was just going to be too expensive to film with their low budget. <laughs> Basically, all of Russo's ideas were way too expensive for the budget they had. Yeah. Russo had a concept about a runaway teenager who discovers a smorgasbord of human corpses in a, in a field that are sort of set under a field of glass where they're being kept by aliens who were basically ripening them like you know you carnivores do with like hams yeah. until they were of the right consistency so the aliens would then eat them that is also fucking excellent turning them into a delicacy yeah they didn't have the budget to do that no Ah. Mm. <sighs> But George A. Romero became a little bit fixated about the idea of aliens yeah. or creatures eating human beings. Yeah. He said, you know what, this is going to go really good with a story I've been writing. So Romero went off with the idea and came back in a few days in James Russo's words, with about 40 really excellent pages. Cool. Which basically was the beginning of the film set in the graveyard and the journey into the farmhouse. He gave this to Russo, who expanded on the idea. Romero, many decades later, would finally give in to something that was asked of him constantly, and he admitted, yes, he had pretty much ripped off Richard Matheson's I Am Legend. (laughs) (laughs) So the two decided, okay, we're going to make a horror film where the dead are going to come back to life and they are going to eat the living. (gasps) That's awesome. Shocking. This hadn't... This was not... uh, It's not like today where you're like, yeah, zombies. No. No. I mean, this is, this is real Saturday matinee, Plan 9 from Outer Space mm-hmm, era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all they had to do was gather all the money together. The money that they could raise was $114,000. That's a lot of money. Which I think the equivalent to today would be around $900,000. No, that's a couple of million. Easily. Yeah, no. No. Yeah. No, it's not that much. Like inflation for sure. Yeah. No. Okay. (laughs) Well, somebody Google us, tell us at home. Um, But the thing is, again, this is film and film is so much more expensive. Yeah. You know, to shoot. Even back in the 60s when it was being processed by a ton of different companies, Mm -hmm. there was different film stocks. Like the industrial people would have been using a different film stock to cinema. That sort of stuff. It was still ridiculously expensive. Yeah. And you knew they had the camera and then you got to send them off to get like developed and you don't actually know till you get them back if yeah. they're usable. Ugh. So they picked a Pennsylvania farmhouse, but because they didn't have enough money to just abandon their jobs to film it, they all used to travel up on the weekends for seven months. That's amazing. For all of their weekends, free time and any holidays that they could get to accommodate their actors and everyone involved. So for seven months over 1967, they travelled to the Pennsylvania farmhouse. This is how several iconic horror films have been made and how they've started several iconic 
Mm-hmm. This is how Sam Raimi did it. Yep. This is how Peter Jackson did it with Bad Taste. Yep. Just him and his mates on weekends. Yep. Yep. So you want to get $114,000. You don't do it. Where are you going to get the money from? The mafia. <laughs> <laughs> no. What do you do? You ask around people you know. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, for those who haven't seen the film... Um, but I mean, it, it's such a part of like modern culture. Basically, it starts with a young woman in her brother. They see a lone ghoul take a very long time. <laughs> now, this is this is the original. In this, zombies were very much slow. The zom- the Romero zombies are very slow. Yeah. Um, they're very slow mowing. Um, but the problem is what they would do is they would form into giant hordes which would suddenly overwhelm you and then you were eaten. Yeah, it's like ants. Yeah, not like the, the modern running zombie that we're all terrified, but they would get you in numbers because there were simply so many of them. Yes. So she's gone to to pay the respects to their, their father in the cemetery and then this zombie slowly like approaches um, and... Her brother is a bit of a dick to it. Yeah. His brother's just a bit of a smarter. So she goes to apologise to the zombie, not realising it's a zombie. But in her defence, zombie movies hadn't been created. She is the only... These are the only people who are allowed to not know. This is the first time you're seeing this. What the fuck is going on? So she goes to apologise to this, like, obviously... Although, obviously dead-looking, stumbling, moaning... He tries to attack her. Her brother, <laughs> he was just like a 60s hipster in a skinny tie, tries to like fight him off. Ah! <laughs> Falls over instantly. Yeah. She runs away screaming, jumps in the car, realises, oh my God, like I don't have any keys. But in her like hysteria, ah! um, the car like rolls down a hill away from the world's slowest zombie. <laughs> Who at this point could still just be a drunk farmer? No. <laughs> no. Because he would have tried to have sex with everybody. Okay. Might have been his way. You don't know. Is this Corton way? Yeah. <laughs> so this car continues down until it can roll no more at the bottom of this hill. Mm. So she gets out, runs <laughs> to a farmhouse. She can see in the distance. Yeah. So she runs into the farmhouse um, only to discover <gasps> or what she thinks is an abandoned house. Well, now abandoned by the occupants. Oh, except for the one that's had their face eaten off. Yeah. Munch, munch. Yeah. <laughs> Why the face? I mean, cinematically, yes, it's, it's shocking, yeah. but it's not the best cut. No, but it's right there. Like, if you're looking at someone... But are you like some kind of foodie who's just like, oh, I'm going straight for the face? Like, surely you're going to go for a bicep or a butt nah, check. Nah, it's just advantage. It's what's there. Oh, it's a uh, fucking hungry zombie. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Never zombie when you're hungry. Or, I just filled up on face. What if it was someone trying to give him, like, CPR and then they woke up as a zombie? <laughs> Why would you not go for the face? It's there. Maybe they're like a cat. It's like my cat when it cap- if it captures a bird, it eats the face first. Oh Jesus, your cat's fucked up. And then straight into the brain, just oh, the juicy spits juicy out the beak. <laughs> okay, gets onto it. 
Yeah. Right. Um, do you know what I found out about if you like die in your apartment and your pets have to eat you? Yeah. Apparently, your dog will like eat all of you, but apparently, it won't eat your face. Oh, like out of respect. You know, it'll eat every other part of you, but it won't eat your face. Cats. We'll start with start with your face. (laughs) Of course they do. Oh, you're being handed a book. Oh. Here we go. Will my cat eat my eyeballs? By Caitlin Dad. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, yeah. It, just, it came up in conversation today. How funny is that? That's a fucking weird conversation to have. A guy was like, do you want my cat? Yeah. Anyway, it's a long story. She's a real face eater. <laughs> so she discovers, oh my God, like, oh my God, oh, like we're in the house. And she is just, she is so useless. She's just, <laughs> That's trauma. That's realistic. Repress it like the English have been doing for thousands of years. Not everyone's a fucking broken hill furiosa like you. Oh, I see that tragedy and I'm just going to lock it away in a box in my soul until it slowly eats me from the inside out. That's what you do. You carry on. Exactly. Let the zombie meet it halfway. (laughs) So she just sits there like just being useless. Yeah. You know, like... A corpse still manages to get its like stand in its blood. Don't even ask. Um, so she's been completely useless, and then a tall, strapping stranger appears running into the house. Hello, <sighs> not gonna spend the apocalypse alone. Hello, um, <laughs> so he's trying to like formulate a plan, like, okay, we should like. You know, like, close blinds, you know, lock doors, like, be secure. Yeah. Although, it kind of does irk me straight from the start. He's like, yeah, yeah, we should, like, get some food and get out of here. He's a little too focused on snacks to begin with, I just want to say. Personally, like, snacks are important. Snacks are important. You know, but don't... I'm just saying, secure the area, then snack. Yeah. You know, and don't take stuff from the fridge. That's going to go off immediately. Beans, man, tinned goods, energy bars, nuts, but whatever. <laughs> so they, you know, are scrambling around the house, you know, trying to like lock it up. You know, he's like, oh, we need like boards. She brings him a stick. Useless. <laughs> so, so useless. Um, so they're running around like, oh my God. So they're in there forever. The zombies, which are now surrounding the house. Yeah. Well, they talk about, oh, we should like, you know, get out of here. Probably should have done that before they surround the house, but whatever. Um, so they're in the house. Okay. What are we going to do? Like, oh, you hear them. They board up the house. There's, there is a petrol pump cause it's a farm, yep. but they're like, oh, where's the key? We don't have the key. <gasps> He's searching around the house and he finds a it's a farm. Mm-hmm. And it's an American farm. Mm, mm. I, that's, I, I find it unbelievable. There's only one gun. It's the 60s. Mm-hmm. Then during all of the ruckus and while they're around the house, we find out a door behind a door oh. opens. After they've been here, after they've barricaded up the whole house, they find out they're not alone in the house. No. People hiding in the basement. Already. Well, you know, they've already seen 
you know, who ate the person upstairs? They've had their own encounters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then it turns out, no, they were just waiting for him to secure the house, apparently. That's pretty smart. <laughs> Let them do all the hard work, get the snacks out and ready, emerge from your cellar and kill them like a spider. And then they come out. Right. Um, there is a young couple. Yeah. <laughs> who are very much in love. Oh, gay. There is a married couple. Yeah. Who absolutely hate each other. <laughs> That's realistic. So we've got every cliche we possibly can yeah. in together in one room. And they have their small child who is da, 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 injured. Oh, of course. Of course they fuck it up. Straight away I'd be like, oh. You know, the, you know the final episode of MASH where he kills the child? To keep it quiet <laughs> mm. so that the soldiers don't find them. Yeah. That's going to fucking happen. Oh. Just shut the fuck up. But the Godzilla's a different colour now. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but they've made him pink, Dad. Shut the fuck up. It's not right, Dad. You can't change Godzilla's scales from blue to pink. This is an actual meltdown my son had last night. Well, I'm kind of on his side. I'm on his side you too. You can't just change the... Oh my god! No, but I'm sorry. It's like it's a zombie apocalypse. If you even so much as let out a, <clears throat> I'm sorry, double tap. Yeah. Just. <clears throat> <clears throat> there is no. Oh, we'll see if. It... <clears throat> How long do you think the vegan's gonna last in that situation? <laughs> you got two things that are about to happen. One, you got to fart. No farts are fine. I'm are just, they? I'm just being like, if they're like. <clears throat> farts are fine. Yeah. You reckon zombies aren't attracted to farts? <laughs> Is anyone attracted zombies to Zombies are. No, they're not. Because, no, because you want the zombies around because we're providing cover. Because there's, it's proven fact zombies don't go for that which is already dead. And if you surround yourself with an army of vegans who are farting farts that smell like the dead, you could safely fit a family of four in our protective circle. So you're like a like a coven circle crossed with a like a glade plug-in. Yes. You're essentially like a salt circle that farts at. What an elaborate childish plan. <laughs> or genius. Imagine being stuck in the middle of that. Just you, like this I'm saved, but if I hear one more time about how eating the last can of spam is it's already dead. Why can't I eat it? Yeah, well, you won't have to worry about that. <laughs> Not be invited into the circle. <laughs> no, it'll just be vegans around like all of the cats. Leave the cats alone. <laughs> Protect the cats. <laughs> cats. <laughs> what? Anyway. Uh, it's like Home Alone, but. <laughs> uh. But protecting cats with your asshole. But all the wet bandits get his pink eye. <laughs> That's all they get from just being farted on in their face. Oh, that one was wet. Oh, my God. The only time, like, if it's, like, if it's German zombies, we are doomed. You are fucked. <laughs> Brains. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wunderbar. <laughs> so, they found other, so they find other people in the house. And then, of course, the big argument starts. Right. Okay. And this is why this so this movie is so good. Basically, what it's playing out is, oh my god! But of course, you have men trying to assert who's going to be the alpha dog. Oh god! 
Uh-huh. Who wants to be in charge in the middle of this? Oh, my God. We have Ben, the single stranger who's, you know, come in, you know, like, oh, we've got to protect ourselves. We've got to board up the doors, you know. Yeah, yeah. We can watch them, see where they're coming. And we've got Harry Cooper, the old married man who was hiding in the basement. Is like, no, no, we've got to just hide away and wait till the poor people go away. He gets it. <laughs> he gets it. And then there's this big conflict of like, oh, do we stay? Do we go? You know, do we hide down in the basement? And then it becomes, well, if you go in the basement, you're not coming upstairs. And then it's, if you're staying upstairs, you can't go downstairs. Like, heaven forbid we have a fallback defensible position, but whatever. Dicks. This is the first zombie movie. They don't know this stuff. They're still treating it like a share house. <laughs> Like that idea. is literally it. Yeah. There's people, you know, f- uh, you know, fighting over food, you know, <laughs> just, oh, my God. Um, oh, now, the other thing that I should mention uh, that drew attention at the day yeah. uh, was the lead character of Ben was an African-American. Wow. And this was the first time that an African-American man had been cast in a this sort of genre of movie right? where it wasn't specified that they had to be African-American. Yeah. Because there were a lot of, like, you know, politically charged movies at the time. Yeah. He was coming to dinner and... Um, Sidney Poitier was at the peak of his powers, they yeah. call me Mr. Jabs! Oh. I get shivers. (laughs) So that was another thing that was sort of like very much played out on the screen. People also interpreted it as here we have Harry Cooper, the old married man, the old way for the establishment, suddenly having this young, virile African-American man wanting to have a say in his future and society, the society of the house, and he just being very... Very challenged by that. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I don't want to give anything away besides this this point, but there are people who make, shall we say, questionable decisions. There are people who decide to stay upstairs. There are people who decide to go downstairs. There are people who decide to go outside. Outside? There are people who decide to... Not let people in once they go outside. Yeah. Yeah. There's some of that going on. Yeah. Clearly not cat owners. <laughs> you want to go in? Do you want to go out? Do you want to go in? Do you want to go out? you got to pick one. It's the apocalypse. <laughs> oh. So they raised $114,000. Yes. Where are we going to get that money from? The mafia. The first investors were Marilyn Eastman, who plays Helen Cooper, the wife of the married couple downstairs. She's one of the main financial contributors to the film. Right. Born in Iowa, she moved to Pittsburgh, where she actually had a very successful career in radio at the time. Okay. And she was a regular on several different radio shows. And it was during this time that she met long time, and all the places we're just putting companion, Carl, how's this for a name? Oh, they had different names back then. It was a different generation. Carl 
hard man. Fuck yes, he is. Mm. <laughs> I might change my name to that hard man. Yeah. Who plays her husband of the bitter couple downstairs? Oh, yeah. Yep. So they actually had formed their own company, Hard Man, Hard man Eastman Inc. And they did like a lot like the Romero company. They made a lot of films for, you know, companies. But they wanted to expand their company into feature films. Right. So they put up a big chunk of the finances into the movie and ended up acting in it as well. Cool. She also helped to edit the film and she also helped with makeup and props. Excuse me. Judith Steiner. She plays the young couple. Okay, yeah. So the young couple that are in the house. The lady, Judy, was the receptionist for the Hardman Eastman Company. Amazing. Uh, much later in life, she would actually then go and become a receptionist for George A. Romero's company. This is some real Ed Wood shit. Oh, uh, yeah. Like getting your dentist to play fucking Bella Lugosi. Russell Strainer, who plays Johnny, the completely useless brother at the beginning of the film, was also a major film uh, contributor as well, That's financially. Awesome. Um, and he also helped, like, obviously, behind the scenes as well as on the screen as well. And then also, what I love it is all these people who were playing, like, um, the big roles were also like would later just be zombies off in the distance to sort of like help fill out the roles. Yeah. Um, he went on after this film, actually, he continued making like being an independent producer and filmmaker and was actually teaching film production in Pittsburgh after this film. Although this would turn, turn out to be his biggest ever film. Cool. We cannot forget... Now, when you think Night of the Living Dead, everybody always thinks of the opening scene, you know, with that very slow zombie. Who, like I said, because you, you spend a lot of shots just watching him <laughs> ambling over slowly. Yeah. And then there's a lot of close-ups of him as he tries to get into the car, you know, to, like, eat her. So he's our first ever official, this is Dawn of the Romero zombie. Yeah. He is the peak one. His name is S. William Hinsman. He was an actor and was also a cinematographer on other films, <laughs> such as Flesh Eater and The Crazies. All told, he ended up acting in 20 movies, was a cinematographer on three, and a producer for three other films. That's amazing. And in 2012, was inducted... Into the Horror Hall of Fame. Now, one of the best things is... He was... You know sometimes when you're like, oh, this is the highlight of my life? He was a man who was not afraid to, like, cash in on that moment. Actually went on one of his other works. He was in a TV commercial. Would you like to see a commercial that came out after Night of the Living Dead? Absolutely. Okay. Let me flip this over. Okay, let's get over onto the uh, the big screen. Woohoo! Again, for YouTube watchers, you'll be able to see this. Oh my god, this is. Oh, hang on, I'll turn around so you can watch it. All right. Let's go full screen. Oh, yep, hang on. Uh, oh god, where's the button? Is that it? There we That's go. That's it. All right, are you ready? Can you see it? I can see it. All right, here we go. 
This is a TV commercial. Brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. I'll have to uh, superimpose the old audio in on this. So I think, yeah, I think this was actually made like in about, um, I think the 80s. That has to be the 80s, yeah. Yeah. And so they've cashed in. And basically like the over thing is, is basically them going, oh, you need a Goodfellow's brick oven pizza. That'll keep you coming back for more. Like it, Brilliant. It'll satisfy your hunger. I love the fact even 20 years later, oh, yeah, I'm cashing in on that. I actually think that's one of the best TV commercials I've ever seen. It's pretty good. Yeah, let me get out of the screen. Um, And the other thing that he did on screen was he actually saved one of the other actors from burning to death. That's gentlemanly. (laughs) Three people actually get set on fire. During this movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of them is Russo, the, the co-writer, who mm-hmm. volunteers to be a zombie that's set on fire when they start throwing Molotov cocktails. Yeah. Um, the other one is the gentleman himself, Hall of Fame inductee. He gets set on fire. Um, the other person was Gary Strainer, who was actually the brother of Russell Strainer, who plays Brother Johnny. Yep. So basically in one scene, um, the hero goes outside to set a chair on fire to, you know, distract the zombies. Yeah. Sets it on fire. The zombies in this film are all like, like afraid of fire. Yeah. So they shot the shot. Okay, you know what? Let's get another one just to be sure nothing happens, you know. Yeah, fire's hard to expose for. Exactly. So they're like, okay, we'll, we'll reshoot the scene again. So, <laughs> Gary goes on and is like, oh, we've got to reset it on fire. You know what? The first time we set it on fire, that worked so well. And it caught so easy because I'd poured gasoline all over the chair. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to walk up and just pour some more gasoline on this chair. Okay. Turns out, not all of the fire in this chair, because it's like a proper armchair, yeah. was out. It caught fire, shot up. Ah! Next thing you know, his arm is on fire. Yeah. Um, he began running in terror, which is just like that instinct. You don't think to stop, drop, and roll. No. <laughs> so luckily, S. William Hinsman, the original zombie, saw him running with his arm on fire. So then Hinsman, in full zombie makeup, <laughs> chased after him. Tackled him to the ground, knocked him over, and was able to, like, roll him over and put the fire out. That's amazing. How awesome is that? That's so good. Oh, my God. Also, though, when you're terrified because you're on fire, the only person running to your attention is a zombie. Yeah. Ha. So, yeah. So, he saved another person from dying a horrible, horrible death. So, thank you. Yeah. But the real star of this film is Dr. Dwayne 
Jones. Dwayne Jones. Mm-hmm. So good. <laughs> and one of the reasons that this, this film is so perfect is originally when they went to cast the film, uh, Dwayne was going to be played by one of George A. Romero's friends yeah. who was also, like, working on the film. Um, a, a white guy who was going to be this, like, redneck truck driver guy. Okay, yeah. But when they cast Dwayne, they weren't like, oh, no, we've got to, like, rewrite it. They were like, no, we're just we're going to leave it. Yeah. <laughs> because they had been doing um, casting auditions for the few people that showed up for this. <laughs> he showed up. He actually was like a professional actor, you know, theatre actor. Yeah. Um, and he showed up and it was actually the guy who was supposed to be playing Dwayne was like, oh, he should play Dwayne. <laughs> he was like really, really good. But one of the things that Dwayne did was Dwayne actually though wrote part of his dialogue right because he said you know what i don't want to be a redneck truck driver i want to just be more i don't want to be such a cliche i want to just be a normal human being yeah so okay we have the same scene that was the the original version yeah and then we have the new version do you want to read them out or shall Uh, i read them uh i can read them out okay so the first one am i being a redneck uh, hang on, let me have a look. Let me double check. This is the, it should be the redneck. <clears throat> okay, yes. When White Ben first arrives at the house, he says to Barbara. So start from there. Don't you mind the creep outside. I can handle him. There's probably going to be lots more of them as soon as they find out about us. I'm out of gas. Them pumps over there is locked. Is there food here? I get us some grub. Then we beat off and skedaddle. <laughs> You're going to beat off a zombie and skedaddle? <laughs> like I said, there is a very questionable... See, but even still, even the snacking comes before the beating off of the zombie. Like, you need, beat off the zombie. You need your snack. energy. You need that forearm strength to pleasure the dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only Romero film we haven't had yet, Pleasure of the Dead. Oh, I bet you there's a porn. Oh, of course there is. Actually, there is. I, ha- I Well, I haven't seen it, but I know it exists. There's Dong of the Dead. <laughs> Instead of Dawn of the Dead. Because uh, on the Dawn of the Dead poster, which is a, a sequel that yeah. comes after these, um, there's basically, you have like the horizon and then you have the very top of like a zombie's head. Yeah. Except in the porn version, it's just the very top of a penis. Oh, yuck. Nothing beats Fuckenstein, though. Fuckenstein is amazing. That's pretty good. Okay, so as translated by Dwayne Jones, the same speech goes, don't worry about him, I can handle him. Probably be a whole lot more of them when we find out. Probably be a whole lot more of them when they find out about us. The truck is out of gas. The pump out here is locked. Is there a key? We can try and get one out of here if we get some gas. Is there a key? Ben tries the phone. Suppose you tried this. I'll see if I can find some food. That's that's amazing. Mm. It's like seeing the subtitles after a Scottish person's talking. Yeah. You're like, I, I recognise two of those words? Yeah. And you notice that he isn't stopping to whack off a zombie. He's not. But he's still focused on still focused on snacks. Of course he is. God. I still want to, I still want Pringles if I don't have to jerk off a dead guy. Why not both? <laughs> um num. Once you pop, you can't stop. Just the trick is not to get confused. Although oh. I guess it, I guess it 
doesn't matter. They're they, dead. What they both smell like cheese. <laughs> I knew this, he made blue vomit. <laughs> this is why women would not sit next to you on a plane. This is why. Right here. I know. Filthy, filthy animal. I'm not the one that shat in a hat. Like a gentleman. There's a Dr. Zeus book. <laughs> shat in a hat. You're white, Ben. I am clearly African-American, okay, yes, Ben. Yes. Dr. Dwayne Jones, in real life, was actually fluent in a number of languages. Um, he wrote, he painted, you know, he played music. One of those people who's good at everything. Fuck and you're just like, oh, calm down. Give yeah. the rest of us a shot. Yeah. He was a graduate of the University of Pittsburgh where he earned his master's degree and he went on to become an English professor and a head of theatre at the New York State University after the film was released. That's incredible. He also served as the artistic director at the Richard Allen Centre in New York City. But the thing is, by this stage, no, a lot of people did not make the connection <laughs> Between Ben from Night of the Living Dead and Dr. Jones. Really? Yes. That's amazing. In an audio interview in 1988, Jones actually recalled an occasion where he met up with a group of his theatre students at a local cafe uh, near the university where, you know, they were there to, like, you know, discuss a project that they were working on. When the students' attention were drawn to a television that was just playing in the background, much to their absolute shock and surprise, there was their English professor. Yeah. In Night of the Living Dead, B grade <laughs> horror, and the film behind him. Like, what the hell? That's amazing. Oh. <laughs> uh, he would never see any of George A. Romero's other films. <laughs> he said in an interview, it never occurred to me that I was hired because I was black, but it did occur to me that because I was black, it would give a different historic element to the film. Yeah. And I think 100% that's true. Yeah. Because even without changing any part of the dialogue or you know, giving any sort of speeches or monologues, it really just made you aware of just the fact that how some people were struggling with the idea of African-Americans having their own identity and opinion and wanting to be in charge of their own future yeah. and just being like, oh, but how that upsets my plans and what? I'm no <sighs> longer in charge. I can't just boss these people around. Yeah. You also have that dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is happening. Oh, Lord. But sadly, Dr. Dwayne Jones would pass away at 51 years of age due to heart failure. Oh. Sad. That sucks. But like we said, so we've only got 117000 for this movie. We're, we're shooting it over seven months on weekends. Where can we save money where we can? Use Mexicans. No. Okay. No. Bad John. Bad John. <laughs> they decided to make the blood on the cheap. Oh, God. Oh, no. And this is where they caught a lucky break because the film is recorded in black and white. So you can use pretty much anything dark. 
pretty much anything. Oh, the other thing, the the married couple that are in the basement, their daughter, mm. uh, hard man. That's actually his real life daughter. That's amazing. He dragged her up on some weekends to just pretend to be dead. Nice. There's an access visit. <laughs> What'd you do this weekend? I pretended to be dead in a basement. <laughs> they used to use all sorts of stuff. They used to use um, chocolate syrup, all sorts of things. Oh my god, that's what they use. There's a very infamous <laughs> really? scene, yes, where he makes his daughter kill her mother. Wow. And eat her. Okay. So what they did was they used leftover lunch. <laughs> the child in a later interview remembers, Earlier in the day, we were eating hamburgers or meatball sandwiches or something. So they just smeared chocolate syrup all over it. And that's what I was biting into. That's amazing. Chocolate burger. <laughs> And America's fascination with diabetes began. began. Oh. oh my God. If anyone at McDonald's is hearing, they've just added that to the menu. Yep. <laughs> now, the other thing is, if you see this movie, this movie, oh, it was shocking. Not only was it a horror film where human beings were eating other human beings, not only was it shocking because the hero was an African-American man, not only was it shocking... Because there's full nudity. Is there? And I haven't seen it. Yes. So, Romero was very clever with the fact that, you know what, people are going to die doing all kinds of things. And also, you know what, some people are going to, like, die, like, come up on the morgue table where they're, like, getting ready to, like, prep them for the funeral. So, for a bit of spiciness for the film... There's actually a scene where you see zombies moving in towards the house and then the zombies are surrounding the house. Yeah. There is actually a fully naked lady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's also like an old dude and just his boxer shorts. Ugh. Didn't create no. the controversy that this did. No. So what they did was they actually employed a local artist model for the job. Yeah. Word spread through the community that there was going to be a nude scene during one of its night shoots. So all the locals apparently decided they wanted to have a look. (laughs) So basically on the night when they were filming the nudie scene, all of Evan City showed up. Of course they did. That's the surrounding town. Everyone, just out of view, is the whole town on lawn chairs, picnic rugs, the backs of trucks. Everyone just pulled up to get a gawk at the naked chick. Can't deny the power of it. (laughs) Uh, Judith Ridley, who plays Judy, the young girl in the couple, this was her quote on it. It was funny to see the rest of the zombies trying to keep their eyes elsewhere instead of looking down at the obvious places on the nude one. <laughs> Excuse me. So, yes, and uh, so, uh, yeah, and apparently there are some scenes where they, they couldn't use it. It's supposed to just be the zombies, you know, 
you know, mirandering to the house. She's very nude. Yes. They couldn't use them because the other zombies that were supposed to be completely dead, unreceptive, like, zombies were just like... Oh, zombie boners. Like, looking at her nudie bits. No. Are you just like... like Or, like, you know, they're just their eyes. They're like... <laughs> brains. My brains are up here. <laughs> right here, mister. Oh, my Lord. Only, only, only. (laughs) 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 Now, oh, do I dare say anything about the ending? I've just got a quick theory. Mm -hmm. Nudity in films. Yes. Female nudity. Mm -hmm. Alluring. Mm. Adds an element of risque. Yeah. Male nudity. Yeah. Schindler's List. Mm. It's just, oh, no, it's horrifying. Mm. Well, because it, it, have you seen dicks? They are dicks horrifying. Are generally. Awful things, especially flaccid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, they're awful, <laughs> awful looking things. <laughs> looks like an unfinished project. Mm. Yeah. It looks like the underside of like a face hugger, except it's all prolapsed out. Yeah, <laughs> they're not good looking. No, so because no one goes to that for a good time. No. Lady bits, oh, lovely mm, mystery, jumpy castle, <laughs> like you think fun, exciting. You know what? And you know that they smell good. Yeah. Whenever you see a flaccid penis on television, you're like, oh, I bet that smells weird. But he hasn't washed it. Probably not. I bet women won't sit next to him on planes. <laughs> oh, I had pants on. Also, that's what I think is like so weird. And again, I was discussing this the other day with um. We were talking about horror movies because someone came in and went, oh, my God, I'm taking, like, two weeks off. Like, you know, like, what what are the zombie movies I like? You know, horror movies I have to watch, you know, on this break. So we were, like, having a discussion. And then he was like, oh, he's like, it's weird because some of the times, like, my partner, like, you know, like, her, you know, her son is there. So I've got to make sure, like, it's a horror movie that, you know, is okay for, like, a nine-year-old. And he's like, yeah, he's like... And somehow we got onto the topic and it's like, yeah, it's like, it's so weird. It's like, you know, we'll be sitting there and, you know, people are getting their head blown off and like, you know, their stomachs are falling out, you know, and he's like, that's fine. He's like, as soon as there's some lady bits, it's like, oh, no, son, turn away. (laughs) It's very true. It's, you know what? It's a lot of that, especially America, I find it so weird. It's that puritanical like bullshit. Like you literally can see heads exploding, but like, oh my God, like chitties. Or a woman voting. Bah. Huh? Naked woman voting. Ah, huh? oh, rating. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's voting with her vagina. <sighs> yeah. So, anyway. The ballot box. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to presume the ending for this is very dramatic. Yeah. Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about the ending. Okay, yeah, maybe just skip the next like five minutes. Yeah. So basically the whole point of this film is we get to the end of the movie and he's gone the whole movie. He has survived the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. He has survived white people trying to lock him out to the zombie horde. Okay. Come back. He's had to like wrestle a gun off people. Okay. Been through the longest night of his life. Yep. It's like, oh my God, I've survived the zombie apocalypse. Walks out, gets shot in the head by a white dude. Oh, fucking hell. Because basically these like marauding gangs of, you know, like, yeah, I'm the sheriff. 
we're going around just, you know, shooting the zombies. Yep. Okay. Like, oh, we're going to rescue people. Yeah. Um, they see Ben and they just shoot him in the head <laughs> and he drops dead. And actually, it's really quite confronting because, and the fact that he is African American yeah. makes what happens next a lot more confronting because you know similar things were, uh, you know, actually happening in yeah. certain parts of America. So he is, he is shot. Um, by the posse of the white dude, and basically they come in with hooks. Put this is they don't you don't show this. This is all through photos. Yeah, but you see them. They get the big meat hook, and then he's dragged from a meat hook out, basically into the yard where all the he's piled on top of all the zombies, all of the corpses, and they're just set on fire just casually yeah. while everyone is sitting around smoking and ha 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 ha, and and having fun. Yeah, good days hunting. Yeah. yeah. And he's literally just survived all that he has gone through. Truly insurmountable odds. And just fought tooth and nail to be able to survive. Just can't survive the backwoods of America. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking hell. So it's, it's very confronting. At one point, they actually considered changing the ending of the movie. Right. And there's actually an alternative version where he actually survives. Okay. Well, survives twice. Right. So he survives the zombie apocalypse and then the survives, you know, the posse yeah. as well at the end of the film. However, it was Dwayne Jones himself who was the biggest voice to say, nah, we got to keep the, the unhappy ending. Yeah. This is his quote. I convinced George that the black community would rather see me dead than saved after all that had gone on in a corny and symbolically confusing way. Yeah. The heroes never die in American movies. The jolt of that and the double jolt of the hero being black seemed like a double-barreled whammy. So they decided, yeah, because in the original script he was going to die. Yeah. But then they were like, oh, no, this is, this is, like, a, this is like a big thing. Cause it's, you know, maybe, maybe you should live. No, nah, let's keep it as is. Wow. How do you think the film was received? Incredibly poorly. <laughs> Except for parts of Texas where they're like, yeah, the black guy died. That's all right. Especially like the barbecue at the end. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. You've, you've, oh, Lord, this is, wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> What do you what do you what do you think of the hour and a half before that? There was an hour and a half before that. <laughs> Fuck. It's hard to see through this sheet. <laughs> yeah, parts of Tennessee five minute film. That was great. Oh god. <sighs> Critics hated it. Of course they did. Variety magazine labelled you should watch it just for this review. Okay. Variety magazine described it as quote an unrelieved orgy of sadism. Sadism. Fuck off. And I question the integrity and social responsibility of the Pittsburgh filmmakers. Wow. Mm-hmm. Someone else went and saw the film. Okay. When it was released. Mr. Ebert. Oh. You know Roger Ebert? I do. 
Now, there's a few things to take from this review. So he was actually there at the premiere. Right. The other thing to note, he uses the word Negro several times. Okay. Can't just say the hero. No. The young gentleman. Yeah. The truck driver. Our protagonist. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even use his character's name. Ben. Yeah. Dr. Dwayne Jones. No. The Negro. Okay. So we're not going to read all of this. Okay. Because, like, I literally went through and, like, highlighted it and... Um, okay, are we going we gonna to pretend we're at a karaoke bar doing Gold Digger by Kanye? <laughs> Is that what we're doing? We're just going to judiciously stop every now and then? But the interesting thing about this, okay, at this time, film ratings and the rating system that we have in place wasn't what it was back then. Okay. So he's actually written, he's gone and he's made an, uh, an addendment. Is that addendment? Amendment. Amendment. Amendment in 2004. Well, he said this reaction to a screening of Night of the Loving Dead is not properly speaking a review, or rather it is a review of the audience reaction. Right. So he goes on to describe, there are maybe two dozen people in the audience. And it now, like, I think it's got like an R rating. Yeah. yeah. (sighs) There were two dozen people in the audience who were over 16 years old. The rest were kids. Oh, my God. What? The kind you expect at a Saturday afternoon kiddie matinee. Holy shit. This was in a typical neighbourhood theatre and the kids started filing in 15 minutes early to get good seats up front. (laughs) The name of the movie was The Night of the Living Dead. This is incredible. Some kids' lives are about to be changed for the fucking better. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a very long sort of... A lot you know, of N-words. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. There's not a good hand in Scrabble. <laughs> this film was selected by the National Association of Theatre Owners as, quote, exploitation picture of the month. Yeah. Well, the kids came early, as I said... There were a few parents, but mostly just the kids. Dumped in front of the theatre for the Saturday matinee at Mission 40 Cents. A lot of kids were racing up the aisles on urgent missions and other kids were climbing over the backs of seats and you'd see a gang of kids passing a box of popcorn back and forth. Occasionally some kid would get whacked by his big sister because he wouldn't shut up. (laughs) Oh, Lord. He then goes on to describe basically step by step everything that happens um, in in the film. The Negro fights off the ghouls. The Negro sets a chair on fire. Uh, The Negro has a torch. The Negro escapes. Oh, if you're just joining us, we did qualify this section of the podcast. Uh, The Negro has to kill the little girl ghoul. Because there's one bit where he's introducing where everybody comes up, you know, out from the uh, basement. And he's like, oh, and there were a couple of teenage kids and a married couple. Nothing about their 
race or just awkward. The Negro needs help. Please stop talking, Roger Ebert. The kids in the audience were stunned. There was almost complete silence. The movie had stopped being delightfully scary about halfway through and had become unexpectedly terrifying. Yes. There was a little girl across the aisle from me, maybe nine years old. What the fuck? Who was sitting very still in her seat and crying. (laughs) A lot of tears. Oh, my God. I felt real terror in that neighborhood theater. (laughs) I saw kids who had no resources they could draw upon to protect themselves from the dead and the fear they now felt. Censorship isn't the answer to something like this. Censorship is never the answer. For that matter, Night of the Living Dead was passed for general audience by the Chicago Police Censor Board. Wow. Since it had no nudity in it. But it does. Yeah. It's got some very, very nudity in it. (laughs) Oh, Lord. This is another example of the incompetence and stupidity of the censorship system that Chicago stubbornly maintains under political patronage. I think you also have to question the thinking of parents that would drop their nine-year-old child alone at a public cinema to watch a film entitled Night of the Living Dead. Exploitation film of the month. Oh, well, that sounds very kid-friendly. Load them up. However. Yeah. And remember, if it's only costing 40 cents a pop, how much money do you think it managed to gross? Considering it was considered an unrelieved orgy of sadism. Well... Uh, I'm guessing it made $5 million. It grossed approximately $30 million. (laughs) That's amazing. Which is equivalent to about uh, $247,000 million today. So a quarter of a billion dollars. Did pretty well. (sighs) A lot over its budget. Yeah. Titties and a Negro. That's how you do it. However, the film was in public domain because of an error. Oh, no. (sighs) It's the most famous public domain movie of all time. It was never intended to be. But the Walter Reed organisation who distributed the film originally wanted to release it under the title Night of the Flesh Eaters. Yes. But lawyers representing another film released in 1964, The Flesh Eaters, not zombie related, threatened a lawsuit. So the title was changed to Night of the Living Dead. However, when the title changed, copyright notices were not added to the new production. The filmmakers have fought it in federal court, 
but it's still in public domain. Oh, what? That's why whenever you watch a movie or something and there is supposed to be something scary on in the background, there's a reason it's Night of the Living Dead. Not because it's the birth of horror. It's because it's public domain. Oh, wow. You do what you want to it. That's also why there's so many copies available of it. Right. Just, yeah. (sighs) After the success of the film... Its two co-creators, George Romero and John Russo, had a falling out over what should be next in the sequence and how they should do the sequels. Russo wanted to develop the Living Dead franchise, so continue the zombie thing. First into (coughs) books, so he wanted to release a whole lot of books and comic books and then move towards films later on. Yeah. But he also wanted to inject more humour. Right. Make them more Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, more Sam Raimi. Yeah. Yeah. However, Romero wanted to go straight to films and wanted more gore. No laughs. More gore. So they had a bit of a falling out. Yes. Over that. So then the two entered into a legal agreement because they couldn't decide because they both wanted to keep the rights and then obviously use that to create their products. Yeah. So they came to a decision and that decision came down to keeping one part. Night. Living. John Russo got to keep the word living. Nice. That's why um that's why George Romero went on to make Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Day of the Dead. And John Russo went on to make the movie Return of the Living Dead parts 1, 2 and 3. <laughs> and so yeah, that's why the George Romero's, that's why it's not the Living Dead like carried on is because Russo got the word living in the custody divorce. Wow. How amazing is that? That's incredible. So, yeah, so that's why Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, Survival of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, Now, the two of them actually sort of eh, agreed to stop hating each other for a minute to make a uh, agree for a remake to be made in 1990. Yes. Wasn't a huge hit? No. People were not a fan. (laughs) Um, even though there's some great people working on it, um, uh, uh, Mr. Todd is in it. Um, Tom Savini worked on it, horror icon, but it just did not reach the no. status of its previous film. No. Um, uh, Mr. Russo went on, released 20 books internationally. 19 feature movies in worldwide distribution and has been affectionately called a living legend. There you go. His three books on the art and craft of movie making have become Bibles of independent production and Quentin Tarantino lists them in some of the books that shaped him and his filmmaking. John Russo wants people to know he's a nice guy who just likes to scare people. (laughs) Uh, he said his recent book was The Hungry Dead and Dealey Plaza. In 1999, the Library of Congress chose the film for the National Film Registry because of its, quote, cultural, historical and aesthetic significance. Cool. And Romero, of course, went on to continue being 
the zombie hero. Yeah. Um, even though the budget got less and less uh, with each film. Um, although, until weirdly, he then got his largest budget ever for Land of the Dead, which is one of the weakest. There you go. But there you go. Yeah. Uh, and later in life, he would also get very, very angry when the fast zombies started to appear. Okay. <laughs> he used to, used to make him very angry and be like, that's, that's not the that's zombie. Like, <laughs> they're slow. <laughs> they're just slow, dumb, like, creatures. And then you're like, um, I don't know if you remember, but there's actually some bits um, in your films, like Romero, where, like, your zombies are opening doors um but <laughs> we won't talk about that um but yes yeah, so sorry even to this day it is considered the birth of the modern zombie fantastic i know now are you gonna go back and watch it now that i know it's on youtube for sure <laughs> oh my god it is literally everywhere like i have like sales that have ordered a car boot for like a dollar yeah you know if you need one if you wheel out your dvd player yeah it's actually it's a great film and for like a film that's made in the 60s like black and white small budget it's still a really good film yeah you know it's got that terror Ooh. <laughs> i'd say it stands up more than well easy rider and those other films from the era yeah absolutely absolutely and i mean oh my god and it's got that guy from that pizza commercial we all love <laughs> i love that guy Oh, my God. So, I love zombie movies. And i got to admit, full disclosure, like, I love, like, Romero because I'm a zombie fiend. Yeah. And we wouldn't have zombies and zombie movies without Romero. Yeah. So Cool. Yeah. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> also, just... Just call people the hero. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Don't worry about their race. You're a hero or you're not a hero. Although he's not really a hero in the movie, but whatever. Yeah. Anti-hero? Yeah. Uh, look, everyone's a douche. I think that's the I think that's the prime bit of this movie, is that at the end, the biggest one that gets everybody is other human beings. Yeah, of course. Our own stupidity, our own avarice, our own selfishness, our own prejudice. That's what kills yeah. everyone in this film. <laughs> Okay, yeah, all right, sure, a couple are technically eaten alive, but it's it's mostly man's inhumanity to man. It's almost like it's a metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. For life and and there's titties. Titties. Titties! Titties for freedom. I'll tell you what, more people would listen to the Bible if there was titties. <laughs> oh, my God, that's what it needs. Absolutely it needs Oh, my that. God, Bible uncut. Yeah. Bible after dark. <laughs> SBS Bible. Oh, my God. But you know what? If you're going to get someone, don't get yourself a zombie. He's just for your, He's just there for your brains. Get yourself a Mothman. Mothman is there for your carpet. <laughs> and there's no knowing necrophilia, but oh. make sure you're not just dumping the kids off at the cinema to watch it. What's wrong with you? Is that the right catchphrase for this episode? I really don't know. <laughs> I'm going to switch to the Canada one, I think, from here on. Especially with the country gigs we're doing for the Adelaide Fringe. They're not going to take necrophilia jokes well out there. Yeah. My dad was a necrophile. Okay. Okay. <laughs> how, else do we sh- how else do we show grandma we're still thinking about her? <laughs> we do it in her favourite recliner. Oh, my God. Set that chair on fire. What? There's already plastic t- 
down so it's oh. fine. That's why the plastic's down. Yeah. Everyone knows that. You know. I'm stopping this. <laughs>